Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Blessed greetings and love. Welcome to Bob Radio. Carlton Livingston, how you doing? I'm great this evening. Big up each and every one out there. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Well, if you guys don't know who Carlton Livingston is, he's been doing music since the 70s. Uh, worked with a lot of people. Still doing music now. Uh, all kinds of brand new stuff. Um, so if they don't know who you are, um, can you tell us a little bit about your history? And so people can find out how you got your background, the church, a friend, how, how, how did it go? Well, I was I was born in St. Mary, uh, the parish of St. Mary in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. And I started out uh, in the church. My mother used 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 to play the pipe organ. Okay. So I uh, used to she used to she used to drag me to church. Okay. And and I was on the church choir. All right. For a while, then I moved to Kingston, and after I moved to Kingston, after a couple of years, mm-hmm. I started to sing. I was on the school choir. Well, Junior Secondary School and Trentstone Comprehensive. Okay. And then after going to going to Trentstone Comprehensive, when my I, I really you know get into to singing. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. So um, now I I just read some interviews and stuff just to get some information from you. You you were you sang and you DJed and you went back to singing and you worked with uh, Lone Ranger and all different kinds of things. Oh yeah, I started out DJing. Ranger was the singer until we both find our, our I know you call it probably outlet. When he started to DJ, and I took up singing, you know, okay. instead of DJing. So how did that switch? How did you go from DJ to singing? I mean, like some DJs just stay DJs. They don't want to sing J or or you know mix it. They just want to stay DJ style. You know what? To this day. I usually ask Ranger, and he, he look at me and was like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know. For me, I don't even know when the switch came. It, I, it just happened, uh-huh. and uh, we never noticed it. I, I guess for me, it was my voice. I, I, I didn't have that voice to be a DJ. Okay, okay, you know, okay. Uh, I, I, was more, I was more a subtle person. Okay. A DJ, you have to have a personality that's kind of rough, and I didn't have it, so... Yeah, to stick to singing. Yeah, a little bossy. You have to be a little bossy to be a DJ. Yeah, there you, you go. There That's you go. It. And you're a little, you're a little more subdued, a little more chill, which is very right, cool. Which right. we, we love that. We love that. So now this song was called the Fantastic Three or Soul Express or something. It was Fantastic Three because three of us started it. So you, Ranger, and who we, else? 
when Renzo did start the song, Renzo was only part of the song as as the as the singer. Okay. And uh, I started the song with Noel Smith and uh, Clive Vassell. Okay. Then okay. evolved to Fanta to to Soul Express. Okay. And then, so is it because you guys were playing a lot of soul music, or because why? No, what what it is was that after a while we. We, we were playing basically the same thing. We were playing like, actually, we started playing rubber dub. You know, like, we, we, were, we, were, we were playing like mostly Coxon, Treasure Isle, dub albums. Okay. You know, and, but when the music kind of evolved a little bit more, we started to play like soul because we realized that, you know, we had to get certain, you know, capture a certain crowd that was going around. Right. So we started to play soul, soul music. So, we were we were really like robot up song playing soul music. Okay, okay, okay. I get it. I get it. Very cool, very cool. And this was like late seventies, mid seventies. Late seventies. Okay. Um, like seventy four, seventy mid seventies, seventy four, seventy five. Come up, yes. Okay, okay. And then so, then then you started getting into recording, and then you released your first yes. single, um, "Tale of Two Cities." Yeah. Yep, uh, yeah, I, I started recording like I think about 77, 78. Okay. And uh, I first went to Coxon and did um, Y. Then I went to Channel One and did Taylor Two Cities. And Channel One was the first recording company to release my songs. Oh, okay, okay. So you had, you had already been recording and you put some stuff oh, down yeah. in the studio, but the first one yeah. to really come out officially was the Taylor yeah. Two Cities. Very cool. Taylor Two Cities, yes. Yeah. Very cool. And then. From there on, it's just like endless records, like producer after producer, and stuff after stuff, yeah? Yeah, because I'm going to Channel One to do that one song. A lot of producers were there, and uh, they they hear, you know, me singing. Plus, I think the song, the song did pretty good in England on its first release, and a lot of, I think they get, I think a couple of the producers got feedback out of, out of England, and uh -huh. some, some people searched me down to to record me. Some people just took the opportunity because I was channel one to record me. Okay. Very cool. Very nice. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, when you started recording, did you keep the sound system going or did you just put the sound system down for a little while? What, what happened to the sound? Did you keep them both going? Well, after I started recording, basically, Noel, Noel, the other partners, Noel and Vassal was the one running the sound system. But I was still going around the sound system singing, uh -huh. but I wasn't, I wasn't partaking in the everyday running of the sound system. Right, right, right. Very cool, very cool. So you still spar with them and chat up with them, but you weren't like carrying boxes every day and stuff like that. Nah, <laughs> nah, nah. nah. <laughs> and, I, and I read, uh, I also read that you built amplifiers for your sound. You built your own amplifier oh. for your sound? Oh, oh yeah, me and Noel, we were the ones that build, 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 build amplifiers, you know. But I was more like building like the preamp part of it. Noel was the one that building the power amp, and I was the one building the preamp. Okay, very nice. So you learned how to build amps or learn electricity from tinkering around, or someone you, you were someone's apprentice. How did you get involved into that part? Well, that's pretty deep. That's getting pretty deep into into into. The yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was apprentice with. Um, there was this radio radio engineer at RJ, which is one of the stations in Jamaica, mm -hmm. 
And we were, me and, me and Noel's apprentice with um, Earl Twyler. He taught me uh, electronics because, like, he had a lot of books. So I, I'm a bookworm, so I just sit and read, and he showed us practical stuff. So Mr. Twyler is the one that, you know, I have to go back. I'm glad that's from the table. Because Mr. Twilight is the one that really, you know, my interest in electronics. Because, like, even to this day, I do electronics. I I, I don't build amp and stuff like that, but I, mm-hmm. like, I really, I do, like, the last work I do was, like, I, I was installing that system for, for um, T-Mobile. Okay. When I went on tour, my friend, he, he had this project, and... I went and I did it, so I just loved doing wiring and all that stuff. Very cool. That is awesome. Yeah, awesome. yeah no, I just I just love it. And then you really have to understand the sound and the and all the waves and all the all the signs and everything and frequencies right. and pressure and all that stuff. Right. Very cool stuff. Very cool stuff. So you've been working on some new stuff, right? So that was the history. You amp builder, sound man. Start recording and other people pick you up and singer and DJ Lone Ranger. That's your crew and your posse and everything. Um, right. And then so you had like a bunch of hit records, 100 Pounds of Collie Weed, Trotting Through the Jungle. You have like several greatest hits collections. But um, people know that people that know Carlson Livingston know that stuff. But like, what are you yeah. doing now? What's going on now? Now I, I am um, a record company in Paris, Timic Records. Okay. Uh, uh, we just re-release uh, some songs on download, and we just re-release um, um, "Bridge of Life" LP with about ten songs. Okay. Um, um, plus, we release a lot of singles, and we have like download ParisDJs.com. You could go there and find a lot of stuff that you know that's that's a lot of people don't know about. Paris DJs and ParisDJs.com. Okay, very cool. And uh, we do most of our work out of, out of um, Paris, and we got like new stuffs coming out. You know, the Corona kind of slowed on a couple of stuff, but mm-hmm. actually this morning I talked to talked to the engineer, and it was like, you know, they're mixing some stuff to release pretty soon. So Great. I have a lot of new stuff coming out of, especially Europe and Article Label. I just released um, Rastakana and oh, Article wow. Label. And a couple of songs out of Sweden and Switzerland. Mm-hmm. So you know, I got I got stuff coming out from Europe. Okay, so you guys look out for all that brand new stuff from Carlton Livingston. Now, Carlton, um, not only have you been recording, but you up until Corona, you've been you were hit, hitting the road. Yeah, you're playing a lot of shows oh, oh, yeah. of, in Europe and everything. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, before the Corona, I had gone on the road like for about eight years, but I toured Europe like. 12 years continuously, sometimes three times a year. Wow. And and then I took a break like for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when the, before the corona, I was set to go on a um, European tour from July, June to July. Mm-hmm. But the corona changed all that plan, so yeah. we are reshuffling it, back, reshuffling it back to next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're supposed to touch the West Coast the year before that. We almost yeah, got you out here and stuff. That was yeah. things kind of got mixed up. Yeah. But still, because right. we, we lost Sierra Nevada and we lost Reagan on the River, you probably would have been on right. one or both of those. So, kind of messed things up. But still, yes. still keep pushing on, and you know things are going to get better. And yep. I'm sure we're going to see you here really soon. You know. Um, yep. So you got you got all this new music stuff. I'm doing this this series of um, 
of uh, interviews talking to people about um, what their careers and everything, but specifically dub, dub, dub music. And, and I want to know what, what dub music means to you. Dub music for me is getting to express what um, the sound, the sound, most people who have sound, mm -hmm. what they want to express with their sound system that they're playing. So when I do what a sound man would want to hear or play or like an introduction or with certain tunes. Mm -hmm. So when I do dub, I try to convey what the sound man, sound woman or the sound person want to convey to their listeners mm -hmm. with my dub. So you, think, so you think dub is a good medium for the selector to convey what he wants the audience or the listener to to capture from what he's, what he's feeling? You think that yeah, dub music yeah. is the best conduit for that? Yeah, dub music, for instance, uh, when I go on tour in Japan, I end up singing dubs for songs that I don't even remember that I release. <laughs> you know, and, and it, like a couple of years ago, we were on tour, and this guy came to me with a song, I was like, I need this on dub, and I was like, okay, I want to tell me about the song. I said, I know nothing about that song. When he played I would say, oh, okay, yeah, I'm about to record it, but for who? Mm -hmm. And he showed me the label. And that's what he wants and up to express himself mm -hmm. and the sound system for people to hear is the rarity of, of the songs that I have done. Right. Most people just cut, most people just cut my four top tunes, which is not a problem. Right. But what it is is that even when they cut it like that, it is very hard for you to find um, most of it sound the same way because I always change it up. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You have to. Yeah, have I to. always change it up. And what I'm doing is expressing, as I said, the selector, the mm -hmm. owner, and the people that listen to the song what they want to hear in that genre. Okay. So uh, earlier when we were earlier in the interview, you were saying that when you were playing, when you were selecting for in Fantastic Three, you played a lot of Joe Gibbs dubs and Studio One dubs. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, because at, at that time, you probably call us dubbeds at that time. Okay. Because most of my recordings that I have done over the years, the other day someone was telling me about a song, and I forgot all about the song, and the person said to me, it's from this album, this dub, I forget which dub album. And he was like, don't you remember? And I was like, no. And I said, no, no. I was trying to figure out where that really came from. <laughs> and when I look back, and I, and I remember I, I was sitting on the back of the house, and I was like, you know what? No, I understand what this is all about. Because we didn't just play dub album. We were really, the only set of vocals we played were like John Wall, Delroy Wilson, Eptones, mm -hmm. a couple other people. But we were, more, we were almost playing like dubs. Dub, dub sound. Yeah, yeah man. A lot we, of King Tubby we, stuff, aggravators and stuff like that? No, you know, you know, we weren't playing King Tubby stuff. We were playing like mostly Studio One stuff. Okay. Because because we, we knew this guy who would go up there and get dubs after the, the rhythm tracks. Uh -huh. and, therefore, and we were playing like exclusive Studio One and, and plays that nobody was playing dubs. Wicked. You know? Wicked. I love it. I love it. That's, that's the style, dub plate. A dub dub yep. plate. <laughs> dub dub dub. Yep. Um, wicked, wicked, wicked stuff. Wicked stuff. Well, um, well, what I noticed, the reason I got into the dub is because I, 
with all this time, I, I picked up on what's going on in Europe. And in Europe, the sound system culture is huge. Huge, oh, yeah. massive. Way bigger than it is here in the United States. It's like a fraction of what, what they got over there. And um, I, really feel, I really feel like that movement, that wave of dub and sound system is going to come over here to the United States. And, um, oh, yeah. It's just a matter of time. It's just, you know, slowly creeping. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You're exactly right. You know, all, all the other people, you know, Joe said the same thing to Lonzo, um, every, you know, a lot of the, uh, Kirk, a lot of people I interviewed uh, for the series have said, you know, it's it's coming. It's a big wave. and. We can see it, you know, here on the front line because, you know, we love reggae and, and dub stuff. But the other people can't see it, but we can here. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah, yep, man. Yep, yeah, yep. man. Yeah, man. Yes. Um, so where do, you, where do you see the future of um of, of the music? Where do you think reggae is going? I think it's going reggae. back to roots or are we going to go more electronic or what do you think? I think reggae is going to go more back to the roots. It's gonna evolve right back, to, right back to the roots, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because uh, right now it's a generational thing going on. But what's happening is that there are people over the world that's into the roots, and mm -hmm. I see that bigger than even the generational thing that is going on with, with the music. So it's gonna take it's gonna take time to evolve back into the roots because once it goes back in that roots, because reggae is about reality, sufferation. Mm -hmm. um, optimistic views and stuff like that yeah. crazy in yeah. you know, entity or whatever it is so it, you know it's, it's going to just evolve right back over to that yeah it's as it should as it should as it should yeah yeah man hey well hey uh, Carlton it's um, beautiful talking to you I love yeah, all the vibes and stuff and everything um, before you know before we go um Mm -hmm. You said when you built your amp it was a KD88, and you moved from like a 10-inch speaker to a 12-inch to a 15 or something like that. Um, yeah. So what was it like building your sound system back then? It was exciting because we were young. We we're like 18, 19, you know. Yeah. Uh, it was it was it was so exciting to to be able to do that stuff, and then here here. It playing music, mm -hmm. the quality. Yeah. Because like for all the years, I remember Mr. Twilight always taught us about, you know, stuff like that. And it's about quality. Uh huh. You have to your sound have to sound clean and nice, not distorted and loud. Right. So right. we always stick with quality. Mm -hmm. You know, and Mr. Twilight said to it, always about the quality. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that was that was just the joy of being to hear this. The speakers be playing and you know and people enjoying themselves and you know the music sound just because I tell them like we were playing like some dub albums like like people always ask me about um Challenge with the Jungle and I said to them mm -hmm. when we start to listen to Challenge with the Jungle we did we, we have never we did not hear tribulation <laughs> all we knew was the dub all, all we knew was the dub of that that song right right and after a while, even me, me personally, when I really hear tribulation, I always say, "Oh, that song is massive to me. I love listening to that song." But I never heard it until after I recorded "Friends of the Jungle." How crazy is that? Yeah, because we're just playing dubs. Yeah, you were into the dub music. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, we're just into dubs. Yeah, that's killer. Yeah, that's so. killer. So to hear to hear song to hear those rhythms on your on your freshly constructed sound system that you just soldered and 
plugging and everything. That was that was that was that was life, right? It was fantastic. <laughs> it was fantastic. See, well, it, was, it was fantastic. Yeah, it was man. fantastic. So was you, fantastic. you guys played with other sounds and Clash, or you guys just like a dub one away sound? Sometimes we played Clash, but we never really played Clash. We just played one away because uh, our our concept of the sound system was to play one away and mm-hmm. gather people around to listen with the variety of music that yeah. we were playing. Yeah, you weren't into <laughs> all the hype and I'm, I'm the no, king and you're no. not and all this other no, stuff. We, yeah. No, we, mm-hmm. ne- we never look titles. Yeah. We never look titles. Yeah, man. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a really cool vibe. I love all that. Mm-hmm. And then one thing I was thinking back um, that we didn't talk about was your band uh, group called Knowledge. Oh, no, and Knowledge, Knowledge is not really my group. My friend and my... One of my mentor and one of the most one of the one of the people in the world that I give credit for me to be a singer mm-hmm. is my friend Doily from the group Knowledge. Okay. Because when we we're going to Trenchstone, he took me around Trenchstone, <coughs> took me to recording studios to record. We never did anything, but he's always dragging me along uh-huh. because I, you know, I always I always relate this to people. I never wanted to sing. I, I was never interested in singing. Mm-hmm. I, I never was. It was really Doily mm-hmm. and Tony Walcott was the two influential people in my life that uh-huh. really dragged me towards singing or encouraged me. So you were you 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 were content just playing the sound, but these guys are like, no man, you 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 can sing. You have a voice or something, yeah. Yeah, I, I was just I, I would just love. I just love play the sound and sing on the sound. That was it. Uh-huh. That was it. And then when I start to write, my friends usually say to me, "You're writing all this stuff." Mm-hmm. What in Jamaica? Because the way the business set up, mm-hmm. most people don't want to sing. <laughs> Sorry, most people don't want to sing what you write. Right. They want they want to write the stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there's another factor which I won't go into why they don't want to sing your stuff. My friends always say to me, "You know." Sing your stuff. Sing what you write. And that's how I really get up and start to sing. I had to express myself with my writing. Mm-hmm. Wicked, 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 wicked stuff. I love it. Rumors, fret, them a fret, all that stuff, man. Yep. Wicked. Mm-hmm. Wicked, wicked stuff, man. Right on, man. Well, hey, your contribution to the reggae has been amazing. We love you. And like I told you, I caught a vibe. I was playing... Um, uh, we can't run away on the Jaw Life label, and I'm like, yo, man, that's a tune. That's a big tune. <laughs> Let me reach out to yeah, Carlton that, and say what's going that, on. That song is a song that, uh, you know, Glenn, Glenn Roy sings this song, and then you get killed over in Green Bay, and because that's my tribute to Glenn Roy. Okay. You know, because after recording record a song, he got killed over in Green Bay, and he never lived to see what the song turned out to be. And Jalife is the one that really said to me, you need to sing this song. Because you're an Eastman. Glenroy is a Central Kingston man. Mm-hmm. Basically the same thing. So, mm-hmm. no, let's pay homage to him. So that's why we, I'm not doing, doing um, Wicked Runaway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you guys really did divide up the um, categories of singers. You're Eastman, Central Man, West, uh, Water, Waterhouse. <laughs> It was just naturally divided because of location. It just okay. happened because of the location. Just the location yeah. alone. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Wicked, wicked. Well, right on, man. Very cool talking to you, Carl. Yeah, again. Thanks for yeah, the contribution and um, We hope to see you very soon, and we'll look out for your albums. And 
know, you guys can find Carlton Livingston just do a plain Google search and you can see his discography, amazing stuff, and check him out on his, on his social medias and stuff. Okay. So, with that, give thanks, Carlton. Yes, give thanks, Carlos. Give thanks. Yeah, man. All right, I got it. All I got right, it. I got it. That last song was dedicated to everyone who missed it because they were in the bathroom changing their tampon. And the next 12 hours of songs are for anyone who's trying the Diva Cup for the first time and is currently kicking back with uninterrupted period protection. Sound good to you? Check out the world's number one menstrual cup for yourself at shopdiva.com and get 10% off with code RADIO10. Conditions apply. <laughs>